Jambase podcast listeners. I'm Andy Kahn, and Jambase is a partner of Osiris Media, the podcast network for music. This episode features my interview with Roger McInerney and Lester Chambers of Moon Owls. We talked about the band's new EP, Full Moon Owls, Volume 1, and much more. We'll get to that interview in just a moment, right after we hear about the sponsors of this episode. This episode is sponsored by Section 119. Section 119 offers a diverse range of quality Grateful Dead, Donut Pattern, David Bowie, Pink Floyd, and other music-related apparel. In honor of the 50th anniversary of the Grateful Dead's historic Europe 72 tour, Jambase is taking a retrospective look back at each of 22 performances that took place between April 7th and May 26th. The series launched in partnership with Section 119. Celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Grateful Dead 72 European Tour with Section 119's limited edition hoodies. Section 119 dug deep into the archive of the Grateful Dead to build 22 unique hoodies with the actual amazing artwork from each show of the tour. Section 119 is only offering 72 pieces inspired by each show. Premium quality hoodies that are available for a limited time. 50 days, 22 shows. Relive the long, strange, amazing trip it must have been. England to Denmark, West Germany, Paris, France, Amsterdam, and then heading back to England to wrap up the tour. Experience the music in every hoodie. Visit Section 119 at section119.com. That's S-E-C-T-I-O-N 119.com to explore their full Grateful Dead 72 European Tour Limited Edition Hoodies collection. This episode is sponsored by La La Lay. La La Lay is an online AI-powered source-separating service. In 2021, La La Lay became the world's first eight-stem splitter capable of extracting voice, accompaniment, drums, piano, bass, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, and synthesizer. Lalale introduces a new and improved way to extract vocals and instruments from audio and video sources. The service uses a machine learning algorithm to precisely identify and carefully separate stems. It utilizes the power of AI to improve the lives of millions of musicians, DJs, producers, vocalists, dancers, karaoke lovers, and others. Artificial intelligence has previously been used as a solution for the complex task of vocal track isolation. But Lalale is the first service to surpass even Spleeder by Deezer and now do Phonic Mind in accessibility and quality of results. The recent La La Lay update allows musicians to use cutting-edge artificial intelligence technology to easily remove beats, instruments, and vocal parts from songs. The novel AI-powered splitting solution enables precise and high-quality sound results. The technology, which is similar to what Peter Jackson used for the Beatles' Get Back documentary, lets creators isolate sounds to produce next-gen mixes, mashups, and loops. La La Lay helps developers and business owners to expand the range of their services by offering them server solutions. High-quality isolation of voice and instruments can be installed on a client's own server or utilized via LaLaLay's infrastructure. The LaLaLay team is planning to continue creating new opportunities for sound professionals and creative people around the world while keeping the bar high for stem separation quality. Don't just trust their word for it. See for yourself. Compare the quality of isolated tracks extracted with LaLaLay against other services. New users can try out the functionality of LaLaLay online by splitting up to 10 minutes of tracks for free. Visit LaLaLay. That's L-A-L-A-L dot A-I and start separating stems today. So I'm still trying to wrap my head around having been at Madison Square Garden last Friday for Fish's rescheduled New Year's Eve concert in New York City. The three-set show did not have a traditional countdown to midnight that they usually do on December 31st. Instead, the third set was a visual and audio experience that adds to the band's legacy of pulling off incredible sensory-enhanced performances. If you've not seen videos of the show yet, stop what you're doing, pause this episode, and go look on YouTube or Twitter for videos from the third set. Then you'll be able to see the garden transformed into an aquarium. There were drone dolphins and a giant whale floating above the audience, and an amazing stage design with massive screens below the band adding to the effect. There were lights that mimicked rain and had imagery projected on them surrounding the band, bubbles, streamers, confetti, oh, and lasers, though they weren't attached to the flying dolphins. The set began with Free and its lyrics referencing the sea, setting the tone and the theme for the rest of the set. They continued the aquatic theme by playing A Wave of Hope and Waves, and then Sand. The set ended with Split Open and Melt, and the band playing among seaweed props that dropped from the ceiling. The encore was It's Ice that included pre-recorded freezing sounds and the visuals becoming frozen. It was seriously stunning and mind-blowing, and I'm so grateful to have been there, and not just that, but to have been there with most of Team Jambase 
who hadn't been together with that many members of the team since Trey got stuck on the platform at the Garden on New Year's Eve in 2019. Let's just say a lot has happened since then. Thanks to Devo and all my colleagues slash friends that I'm lucky enough to get to work with here at Jambase. Be sure to visit Jambase's Fish the Skinny Hub for recaps and setlist stats of all four fish shows played last week at MSG. Jambase will be bringing you the skinny recaps and setlist breakdowns when Fish heads back on the road for their 2022 spring and summer tour dates that span Memorial Day weekend to Labor Day weekend. Visit jambase.com skinny to see what went down at Fish's MSG run and keep track of all things Fish Tour all year long. All right, now let's get to my interview with Moon Alice's Roger McNamee and Lester Chambers. First, let me say it was an absolute honor and pleasure to get to speak to Lester Chambers, who was a co-founding member of the 1960s psychedelic soul band, The Chambers Brothers. That group, which included Lester's siblings, released such hits as Time Has Come Today and People Get Ready. I was thrilled to get to talk to Lester about the Chambers Brothers' prominent appearance in the documentary film Summer of Soul. The Roots drummer Questlove directed Summer of Soul, which recently won the Oscar Award for Best Documentary Film. Lester told me about what it was like to first learn about the project that spotlighted the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival that was a multi-week event featuring Stevie Wonder, Sly and the Family Stone, Nina Simone, Mahalia Jackson, and many, many others. It was also thrilling to hear Lester tell me stories about meeting the Beatles in 1969 that led to forging a friendship with John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Lester also talked about encounters with a then-unknown Alice Cooper and other remarkable aspects from his long and storied career. Roger started the interview by laying out the history of Moon Alice, which was started at the urging of renowned producer T-Bone Burnett. The band has evolved over the years, now featuring a 10-person lineup that includes drummer John Molo, bassist Pete Sears, and multi-instrumentalists Barry Sless and Jason Crosby. Singing siblings the T-Sisters and Lester's son Dylan Chambers round out the full Moon Alice lineup. Roger and Lester told me about recording their EP, which came out on April 20th. They discussed choosing the songs on the album, which includes Time Has Come, People Get Ready, and Let's Get Funky, which is an update to the Chambers Brothers song, Funky. We also talked about their 420 concert that ended up being postponed after COVID infiltrated their touring party. Here's hoping everyone is okay and recovers fully and quickly. This was an insightful and fun interview for me. I hope you enjoy. So without further ado, here's my interview with Moon Alice's Roger McNamee and Lester Chambers, which we'll lead into with a bit of their cover of Turn On Your Love Light from Full Moon Alice, Volume 1. Mr. Chambers, we're going to talk about the new Moon Alice EP, Full Moon Alice Volume 1, and a few other things. Um, we were just talking, you guys are together in Petaluma on your way to, to a gig, right? Correct. Yeah, we're heading up to Ukiah. The, the uh, uh, Soul Revival uh, is having its Grateful Easter Festival in Ukiah, California. Two days, we'll be there with David Nelson Band and a whole bunch of other people. We're headlining tonight, and then we're going to be playing with uh, right in front of David Nelson tomorrow night. Excellent. That seems like a pretty cool little event happening. Up it's there. a great scene, and Ukiah great. is, I mean, you know, it's in the part of California where, shall we say, the agriculture is very interesting. <laughs> yes, yes. But, uh, it's, it smells good there, I'm sure. It will indeed. And, it, you know, plus... <laughs> Even at this time of year where there's not that much growing, it's uh, it's still a beautiful place to be. Beautiful. Indeed. Beautiful people. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about the EP, but before we get to it, um, I was wondering if, Roger, if you could maybe give me a brief history of Moon Alice. Yeah, and sure. Take, take me up to the evolution of how it's now become a 10-piece band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Moon Alice was originally put together by the producer, T-Bone Burnett. And I had been working with T-Bone on a project. and he won the Grammy for mm -hmm. Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes. And he decided that he was going to follow that up 
by creating a series of albums of new music in each style of Americana and roots music. Okay. And he's, he had three ideas that he wanted to do at the beginning. Mm. He wanted to do a San Francisco psychedelic and uh-huh. he wanted us to put together a band to do that. Then he was going to have like a New York folk thing. And Elvis Costello was going to do that. And then he was going to have a new Nashville thing. And for that, he got Robert Plant and Allison Krauss. So here we go. What he says to us is you guys need to create a new band with a new legend and new music, but I want you to do it with your friends, you know, who come from that world. So we, the original version of Moon Alice had, you know, current members, Pete Sears, Barry Sless, and myself, but also Jack Cassidy from the Jefferson Airplane. And Hot right, Tuna right. It had uh-huh. G.E. Smith from the Saturday Night Live band and Bob yep. Dylan's band. And, you know, a num- you know, it was a, it was originally a seven piece band. OK, so we go into the studio with T-Bone to record this thing that we euphemistically right. describe as <laughs> dark side of the moon, Alice, because <laughs> T-Bone, T-Bone has this amazing thing, which consistently works for bands of, you know, putting this incredible percussion behind it. Right. It's like this rolling thunder. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, you know, it's not the sort of thing you can reproduce in a live setting, unless you got like two drummers and five percussionists. Mm-hmm. And, but it was really fun. What an incredible experience in the next room in this studio, a Robert Plant plant and Alison Krauss who are making what became raising sand. Mm-hmm. Wow. And of course, Elvis was doing his thing in a different place, different time. Uh-huh. They all get done more or less the same time. The Robert Plant, Alison Krauss album. I mean, the labels go crazy for it. They put a bazillion dollars behind it. And of course, Elvis's album, our album are like completely forgotten. It's like, <laughs> you know, so we were put in this position where we had no choice. Like the, the label opportunities were not compelling. And so we decided we were going to commit ourselves to social media. So this is 2007. Facebook's just getting started, you know, and we Twitter begins, I think, either that year or the next year. And so we're we're doing all these experiments. We start with Twitter cast. We would do live shows and we would record a song, rip it to an MP3 and then post it on Twitter. So you could listen to the whole show essentially on a one and a half song tape delay. And we did one hundred and six of those. And then. Somebody points out, you know, it'd be a lot easier to do this as video. And we're going, what do you mean? You can do this as video? And so we start Mm -hmm. recording. One of our uh, crew guys starts recording the show with one camera. And then we would post them. And then Livestream.com starts and we start doing them live. Right. Anyway, all of this happens. And it gets too weird. And so Mm -hmm. Jack goes back to Hot Tuna. G. Smith gets the gig with the Roger Waters band and starts playing in stadiums and right. John Molo joins us. Right. And okay. so when John joined us in 2009, that was the beginning of what was the classic Moon Owls period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're a jam band. We're basically five pieces right. and we're really focused on uh, playing new music in an old style. And, right. uh, you know, we build up, you know, we're doing a poster for every show. We're live streaming every show, right. you know, and, uh, you know, like Jerry said about the dead, right. We're like licorice, right. Not everybody <laughs> likes licorice, but the people like licorice really, really like, like it. it. And so <laughs> what like happens it, is yeah. we do that for a whole bunch of years and it's really great. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have great fan reaction, but the cost of touring gets to be really brutal. Right. I mean, you remember sure. this when 2010, 2011, the price of like a tour bus goes from something you can handle to, insane mm-hmm. hotels and airplanes get to be really expensive yeah and so suddenly the touring thing isn't as interesting and everything becomes slightly stale mm-hmm. in the summer of 2017 2017 moon alice is puts on a summer solstice show that is mm-hmm. meant to be like the appetizer for the summer of love festivals in san francisco that summer. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. and so it's going to be on the solstice and it's going to be the teaser for what we expect is going to be a really big show over labor day weekend and we bring together all of these people who had been really big in 67 68 in san francisco mm-hmm. to play their songs with us as the house band. okay and one of the people that we invite <laughs> is lester 
Yeah. Okay. And All so, right. so Dan Lebowitz, Lebo is the music sure. director and Don Holiday and I are, are producing this thing. Mm-hmm. And we have this sound check and we're trying to figure out, we've like listened to five different versions of Time Has Come Today and mm-hmm. every one of them is different. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> what arrangement are we going to do? And Lester says, it doesn't matter. We never played it the same way twice. So we're learning how to play Time Has Come Today. Yeah. The T-Sisters are there to do, I forget what song, but they were backing up on some song. Okay. So we're, all, we're all yakking, having a good time. And we do that. So afterwards, we invite Lester to come in like, hey, when you're around, come and do, you know, sit in on some of our shows. So beginning in 2017, Lester, about what, maybe every other month, he come and he and Dylan come and do sure. a couple songs yeah. with us. Whenever you were about in close around. Well, we're close to you. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. in 2019 at the Summer Solstice thing, the T sisters there, Lester and Dylan are there. We're all sitting around waiting for the gig to start. And I just asked her, well, what are you guys up to? And Lester goes, you know, well, we're not doing enough. The T sisters said, we just fired our booking agent. So we're actually like totally not committed right now. What do you have in mind? I said, why don't we all get together and play a gig and see how it goes? Mm-hmm. And so we play in Union Square in Union San Francisco. Square. And it's a review because we haven't had a chance to rehearse. So we're playing, you know, Moon Owl songs, T-Sister songs, and New Chambers Brothers songs. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. not integrated. The crowd goes crazy and we really like each other. So we ask a really dumb question like, what are you guys doing next month? Because <laughs> we've been yeah. invited to play at the Locken Festival in Virginia. And we yes. said, we're going to the East Coast. We got a couple of warm-up <laughs> gigs in front of it. It'd be like five days together. Right. We'll rent a bus and we'll just see how it goes. Have fun. And when you, how'd it go? It went absolutely great. It was magical. Because magical. It, it must have. <laughs> the yeah. T-Sisters, the twins, wow. Chloe and Rachel had their birthday while we were in Lynchburg, oh, wow. Virginia. And it was, I mean, it's yeah. like three generations. And it's this wild thing because... I mean, it's like a slice of America, yeah, right? Yeah. It's old and young. It's black mm-hmm. and white. It's yep. men and women. Yes. And, and what a family. And it was amazing. And we just, yeah. everybody, we were laughing the whole time. And yeah. we go, well, let's do some more of this. We just said, here's our schedule. How about if you guys come and play whenever you can? And it worked out because the Chambers were able to make all but one gig through the end of the year. And the okay. T's were able to make all but one gig. They happen to be different gigs. Yeah, so yeah. we wind up having mm-hmm. some part of it all the way through the end of the year. Mm-hmm. At which point we're selling so many tickets that our booking agent's setting up a giant tour for, for 2020. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're like, this is great. We play, we open the year in January at, at, at Terrapin Crossroads. Right. We sell the place out. Everybody's going nuts. The booking agent says, okay, starting at the end of March, you guys go on 70 shows. We're going to be playing large clubs, small theaters right. all across the country. We're right. going to be, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be living the life, right? Famous last words. Something <laughs> happened. Something yeah. happened. Yeah. The entire tour gets canceled. And but we used, Boom. but it was wild because Jason Crosby decided to hang out at my house for quarantine. Right. And so we start doing a daily live stream. Uh-huh. We do 420 consecutive daily live streams. <laughs> at 420, most of the time you started to? Not yep. most of the time. Absolutely. Every, every time? Okay. Every single day. Every single time. And, All right. Never late. <laughs> at the beginning, before we got really mad at Facebook, we were doing about between ten and 15,000 people a day. Wow. Every day. It was wild. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and then we got angry at Facebook because of, uh, of uh, stop hate for profit. We decided we were going to boycott mm-hmm. Facebook and that cut us way down because we had 10,000 of the people were on Facebook. And so, sure, but sure. we still kept on with YouTube and Twitter and our website. Mm-hmm. We would still get a few thousand people every single day, every yeah. day. 420 consecutive days. That's and impressive. That was some serious yeah. woodshedding. And sometimes it was Jason, sometimes me. Right. Usually the two of us. Then as things got a little better, we added Chloe and Rachel and Lebo into the mix and then mm-hmm. Molo. And then we start doing Moon Alice things outdoors where we're all playing outdoors. Right. And it was during that period that we integrated. You know, we went from being yeah. a review to, to, to fully we're all going to play all the time and we're going to pick songs where everybody can be part of it. And we basically adopted the psychedelic soul sound of the mm-hmm. chambers. Yeah. And so, so, Lester, do you see this 
as your chance to kind of continue the musical legacy of the Chambers Brothers? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And and, and what, a, what an enjoyment it is. And, and so, so is that part of the, the that obviously then that's the motivating factor between behind you guys recording some of the Chambers Brothers songs? Yes, I would think so. Well, but hang on yeah. a sec. This okay. is great music and there is yeah. nobody playing psychedelic soul. Yeah. And, You're right. and, nobody, and absolutely nobody playing the Chambers Brothers. Yeah. No, no band. They don't, so, you know. So I think maybe just in case anybody listening doesn't know who the Chambers Brothers are, that you guys were a, a 60s psychedelic rock band that were right. were popular for, for, for many years and, and are best known probably for your song, Time Has Come Today. Um, Time Has Come Today. Everybody knows that people song. Get and, ready. And, and people get ready, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, and both of those songs are on the EP. Um, so, yeah. so when was it was it your idea to do those songs with moon alice I, obviously those are your signature somewhat of your signature songs but, Dude, but did, he, did he you, couldn't have stopped us at the end very good okay. he asked me and i said well you know it's up to you it's up to us and we were going a group. would you mind would it be okay right i mean because yeah. at the beginning you know we started with the two huge hits right yeah. time has come today and people get ready right, right, we're, right. you know they both charted really high up and they I mean, their time has come today is one of the most iconic songs of the 60s, right? Yes, and, right. you know, it, and you hear the title and you start singing the song immediately. Like, I immediately, immediately. hear, you know, it's like, it's just instant. Yeah. something new yeah yeah and what's it, as a launch point if you think of time has come today as the launch point for doing a band right just saying where would you go and that's sort of how it began it uh -huh. you know we yeah. get everybody together on that song and and on on people get ready and then it was like what paths did that open up and what's really cool oh. now is we're writing songs together for this thing, which uh -huh. mm -hmm. which leverage the fact that we have these amazing vocals, right? There are only five people playing music and five vocals. Five, 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 five. It's a very big sound. It's full. Well, well, yeah. what's really interesting though is a very small stage footprint, right? I mean, it, yeah. you know, we went out with with Melvin and JGB as the opening act and you think to yourself, how can you possibly take it to out of 10 person opening act, you know? Mm -hmm. And the answer is it fit really comfortably. I mean, we fit into a tiny space because there are only five instruments and, you know, right. we actually like physical proximity. I mean, it's correct. I mean, I'm, I'm what a foot mm -hmm. from you. <laughs> right. It's incredible. And people just love it. And yeah. it's a very clean show. There's no nowhere in the show that we wouldn't want anybody to be there to hear. It's just all yeah. beautiful. Well, yeah, talk a little bring bit about the whole family. So, but there's a really important thing here because Lester <clears throat> brought a philosophy to this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, what, what's that philosophy? Well, love, peace, and happiness. Let's get funky. Time has come today. And everybody know all these songs in the audience. And it's the family like 
Roger said we are family, and it's it's so it's so visibly enjoyable that you, you what can you do but enjoy yourself? And it's it's such a stressful time. Everybody's yes. going through a really difficult time. Yes. And Lester's point, which he made in 2019, and then suddenly became like really obvious during quarantine, right. was that we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Let's find something positive mm-hmm. and make that happen. Do it. Exactly. Do it and together. Do it. That's a good uh, That's a philosophy you want to get behind, especially in these times. Well, and think about how much music is coming from a place of anger or disappointment. A lot mm-hmm. of it, right? Mm-hmm. And and we decided, I mean, Moon Alice has always been a very happy band, yes. but we did a lot of political songs, some of which were angry. Mm-hmm. And we decided that in this version, we're going to avoid that. Right. You know, at least for now, because mm-hmm. right now uh, people need they need to feel good about themselves. Right. They and, need yeah. a reason to come together. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and going and going to see live music is definitely a reason to do that. Well, yes. And the thing yes. is, it fits so perfectly because Moon Alice was obviously, shall we say, a band with a significant interest in herbal remedies of a tribal nature. And, hmm. you know, it turned out that. The new moon house, that was totally the program, right? And so, you know, we found that we all shared that view, the It's 420 somewhere, mm-hmm. which had yes. been a, you know, a big song for us in the early days. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it turns out that the underlying philosophy there slid right into this. Mm-hmm. And so here we are, you know, and we're about to have our annual 420 show at, right. uh, uh, Great at the Great American Great Music Hall, which will be actually on Friday, the 22nd of, of mm-hmm. April. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those shows were always about bringing people together mm-hmm. to celebrate our communal values, right? Like mindedness. Yeah. Right. Of which, yeah. you know, weed and music were the, you know, mm-hmm. two of the pillars. And, sure. And what's funny is that. The one thing we took for granted, which was the ability to get together, mm-hmm. that was the one thing that was taken away from us. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we're, I mean, yeah, we, we were just down in Ventura at the dead, the Skull and Roses. Skull and Rose, right. And that looked incredible. It was amazing. Oh, but the part beautiful. of it that just blew your mind was getting to see everybody again after two years. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. All right. yeah, seeing all your friends, yeah, yeah. Well, and and it's like it was, and and the fans, right? I right, mean, right. I mean, friend, friend, both, yeah, definitely, yeah. Well, the fans are our friends. That's what I mean. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Musicians, you know, we'd mm-hmm. seen a few because we played it at at Terrapin Crossroads with Stu Allen, mm-hmm. and right. uh, you know, we, I had happened to go and see Midnight North a few weeks ago when they were nearby. And but other than that, I basically hadn't seen any of the other musicians, hadn't seen Melvin in two years, hadn't mm. seen Phil Lesh in two years, yeah. um, you know, and. And. Just it was it was so special, right? Yeah, I mean, it was oh like, God, it was special. I mean, we did we did the uh, Sweetwater mm-hmm. a few months, a couple of months ago. Not even Not one even, month ago, one, one month ago. Man, it was. Everybody was so obedient. It was, you know, the problem was we hadn't played indoors. We have a lot uh, of people in the band who are immune compromised. So we have sure. to be really careful. So yes. we finally decide we're going to go indoors. And we say to everybody, we're going to have a testing service there. We would ask you all to test. Please test. Please wear a mask. Please wear a mask. And they, the place was packed. I mean, it was Literally. it was, it was, standing ter- room it was terrifyingly full. And yet, <laughs> you know, people understood why it was important yeah. as a community yeah. we're going to wear a mask to protect each other right right and so we can keep doing this so we so can we keep, keep doing, doing this. this and nobody yeah. nobody yeah. got sick and nobody so got sick and we're just like wow that's cool and that's very cool that's amazing yeah. to hear yeah it's incredible that people stand in the cold we played this one show indoor the first show indoor show we did 28 degrees outside 
and everybody took the time to come through a test line to go inside. Standing room only. Yeah, we, we played one show in December outdoors at Outdoor. Golden Court Park. It was like 40 degrees out. And and we had a huge crowd. And everybody was like freezing together. And it was the most amazing thing. We were going to yeah. take a set break, but we realized if we stopped, we'd never be able to start again. Yeah. And so we just kept playing. And I think everybody was relieved by that. Right. Was, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, just, just keep going. I don't want, I got to keep moving. <laughs> Oh, but, you know, it's the, it's the truth because, you know, we have this new EP and, you know, we've been recording. We during COVID, we recorded 24, 6, 26 songs, I think, I think and 30, whatever it is. It's a huge yeah. number. And we've put out so far four of them. And then on right. April 20th, we're going to put out the EP, which will actually be six songs, three of which we've released. A different version of Time Has Come Today. It's a the extended version. Extended cut, yeah. And and then three songs that uh, uh two other songs that have not yet been released, one of which is uh our version of Turn On Your Love Light. And then the first time Moon Alice has ever recorded a song of mine called Nick of Time that's been part of our repertoire f- from the beginning. And for whatever reason we never recorded it. In the nick of time, you will find true love. In the nick of time An angel from above That desperate feeling Has moved in to stay You feel the clock ticking that's cool about that is that we have a record label and they all they're down in LA and they all came to the show in Ventura and it's like the nobody in the band had ever met them except for me and I'd only met a couple of them uh-huh. because you know we can't go anywhere yeah yeah, yeah, right? yeah yeah and and you know we got they they signed us last year so we were still you know on this new to them yeah well yeah. well and 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 it was done in this world it, where you yeah, locked down Right. I mean, it's like incarceration. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's one way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, But, but, but it, it, you know, nobody knows what comes next. Right. And, and our theory, correct me if you think this is wrong, but our theory is that whatever comes next, it'll be better if we're, if we do it together. Yeah. We all, we have to do it together. That's that philosophy again. Yeah. Well, think about it. I mean, what's the problem in the country, right? A third of the country is living in an alternate reality. And, you know, it makes, you know, it's hard to have a democracy if you can't agree on the facts. And so our theory is that, look, one of the things we can do is not only entertain you, but remind you of something that makes Mm -hmm. us all better off, which is that Mm -hmm. we're better together. You know, it's like if you hear it, if you read it, you lay it down, or you fold it up, and you put it in a, a way, and you get you forget it. It's done. If it's music, over and over again, you hear it, and pretty soon you start to repeat it in your mind. It becomes real. Yes. And it gets done. That's why we have to do it together. Because when you do it together, you remember it. And with these songs, with with doing Time Has Come Today again and, and people get ready again, does it does it strike you at all that those songs are so relevant today? These songs that were written in the 60s? I mean, it, it, Time Has Come Today is still as relevant today as it was yeah. in 1967. Even more so today. Yeah, perhaps, yeah. Today because 
Tom has come today is probably one of the most important names of any song ever written in the history of songs. Time has come today. Think of it. Now. Now. It's time. There was a time when when I got a message backstage. There was a, vet, a veteran outside that wanted to talk to me. And I, he reminded me of when he was in Korea, in the war. And he, him and his whole platoon was in a foxhole. But luckily, they had had a helicopter that would come through once a day and entertain the troops. Three songs they played. Take another little piece of your heart. Time has come today. And I can't think of the third one now. But anyway, they were sitting in this foxhole, just sitting there. And one of the guys go, man, time has come. And the guy goes, for what? He says, for us to get out of this so-and-so hole and do something. They got out of the hole, the fox hole, and as soon as they got out, a round came through. Would have destroyed and killed every one of them. That's how important time has come today is. I have chills all over my body right now. That's incredible. When Lester says it might be more important now, the way I see that is that the 60s were in some ways the culmination of a multi-decade civil rights effort. Yeah. And progress happened, right? With the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, you know, mm-hmm. real things were going on. They didn't fix everything, but they created a framework for fixing. Right now, we're going about a hundred miles an hour in the wrong direction. The wrong right? direction. The bad guys are winning because the rest of us are too passive, right? And the thing is, standing up to this is not about getting into fights. Standing up about this is about respecting every human being you meet. Right. And it's about, about honoring the humanity of every person you meet and, Mm -hmm. and saying, look, there are obviously places where we're going to disagree, but so what? I mean, you know, we got problems like climate change. Those are not problems you're going to fix on your own. Those are problems we have to fix all of us together. And it turns out that that's true about just about everything. Right. And you look at this and you go, we've seemed as a country to have forgotten that. And my point is, is Moonhouse is not going to be able to fix the country, but Mm -hmm. maybe we can fix things wherever it is that we play just for those few hours that we're together and then send people home with the courage to stand shoulder to shoulder with their brothers and sisters, you know, and, and recognize that being different is good. It is right? totally good. It's our and, differences that bring us together. Right. Well, it just makes life so much more interesting. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. I mean, you know, Everybody can have their own taste, right? Mm-hmm. We can, you can like what you like. I like what I like. Mm-hmm. Everybody can like what they like. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no right or wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. But every band has to know what it stands for. Because at the end of the day, the fans who get really serious are going to keep digging until they know what you stand for. Right. And mm-hmm. in our case, some of us are... Mature. Mature. Very mature. (laughs) And as a consequence, you know, 
we might not be as flexible about going along with somebody else's ideas. Right. Right. And you know what I mean? And so what's cool that. thing is that, well, maybe we're, we're, what we found was that we all share the value system mm-hmm. together. Cause we had a test right at the beginning. We actually had two of them right. and it was like, you know, it was one of those things where you were going to find out right away mm-hmm. whether we had the same value system or not. And Can you tell me was, what that was. Uh, I'd rather not if you don't okay. mind, but, but let's just say it, 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 it had to do with the fact that, that, um, not all of us looked or were the same as the expectations of the people that we were running into. Mm-hmm. And so we had some opportunities to stand up for each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it started, interestingly enough, um, in protecting the T's. Okay. And, you know, somebody brought a guy thing to bear and it was like, no, not here. You don't get to do that here. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. but these are our sisters, and you don't treat them that way. We are their brothers. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so you, we're not putting up with that, right? The family and you chose. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Love that idea. Chosen family, right? It was chosen. Totally chosen. And Lester, you're playing with your son Dylan. We've mentioned him a couple of times. Yes. How's that? What's that like to get to to get to make music with him? I can't explain it. It's just yeah. so incredible. I, you know, sometimes he's such he's so, he has such charisma. Charisma. Yeah. Sometimes I'm sitting there looking at him like just and forget that I'm singing too. That it runs oh. in the family But yeah. he, he's making a really important point That when we're playing God You know, when Dylan sings When Lester sings, when the T-Sister sings The rest of us are just sort of like I mean, you know Pete and I used, Pete Sears and I used to do the vocals In the mouth, right? Yeah. And we're both very experienced and there are people who like the way we yeah. sing, but we're not in the same league. And, you know, that's not to put us down so much as to say, wait a minute, we are in the presence of people who can really sing. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we were at Skull and Roses, for example, when you hear Lester and Dylan doing Sisters and Brothers, or you hear the T-Sisters doing Bird Song or Uncle John's band, or Mm -hmm. Addicts of My Life, you realize how great the songs played by the Grateful Dead and Jerry Garcia were, because, you know, they sounded great as played by the Grateful Dead and and Jerry Garcia. But when you do them our way with the incredible Mm -hmm. vocals, that's really cool too, right? And, you know, it's not a better than type of thing. It's a different than, but it's... You know, the first time you hear women singing Uncle John's band in tight harmony, you're going, oh, that's different. I didn't expect that. The second time you hear, pardon my French, but (laughs) holy shit. Right. what you're saying is true. Sometimes you find, Oh, wait a minute. I got to keep playing. Right. I can't pay so much attention. Sometimes, sometimes they'll have to touch me. You know, yeah. it's turn incredible. into a fan on stage. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, no, man. People talk about that, that yeah. apparently 
we're not conscious of it, but apparently we do look unusual on stage because we have to visually communicate because there are 10 of us. Mm-hmm, and sure. apparently we spend a ridiculous amount of time smiling at each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I look in the sea of if everybody's looking checking yeah, in, making sure everybody's oh, happy. Yeah. Yeah. Barry Sless is the musical director on stage, right? He sort of conducts everything. He stands uh-huh. way over there. He's on one edge, and he's we've got Jason <laughs> on the other edge, Jason Crosby on the other yeah. edge, John Molo in the middle, right? And they traffic cop it for everybody. <laughs> and he think, well, no, the key thing is that you know, each person gets a signal from the person closest that they're closest to, right? Okay. That that uh-huh. that you know, in the signal core. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, like if, if we're in times come today, there's a, there's a cue at the end when you come out of the jam part and back into the thing. And unless you can really hear Lester, it's hard. And I'm right next to Lester. So I have to give that cue to, to Pete and to Barry because mm-hmm. they can't hear Lester's vocal as well. And, uh, and mm-hmm. so it's, it's wow. We really, the coordination is fun. It's like sure. a telephone game of cues. <laughs> yeah, it works. It works great. Well, it's the kind of music that's very tolerant too, mm-hmm. you know, and the, right. the music says, look, you miss a cue, who cares? Well, I, I've said it before. It's the type of music where you have to be so tight that you could play it loose. Yes. Well, that's exactly right. And, and when you think about, I mean, when you think about when you played with your brothers, mm-hmm. right. That was the whole point, right? Was that you guys had that, yeah, that thing. Yeah. So we had this really fun thing last few months, right? Because Summer of Soul. I was just going to ask about that. Yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. So, and ask. so Summer of Soul is the is the Oscar winning best documentary film by directed by Questlove, and the Chambers Brothers star prominently in, in the film. Um, yes. you're, you're, you're the first band that, that, that is seen and, and uh, it definitely sets the table for the, for the entire incredible documentary. What right. was it like when you first heard that this project was happening? Well, I was so excited. It just, you know, it was like, I couldn't believe it actually yeah. that it was going to happen. And he kept in touch with me and my son. And let us know how pro- pro- progress was going along. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm still, I still don't can't find the words to say how incredible that is to me after all these years. And you have to realize that this was done in 1869. Mm-hmm. I was a young man then. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's been yeah. sitting, it's been sitting there waiting all these years to be focused by, visually seen by all these people that kept asking us, "What happened to that park thing?" I was going to ask, had you heard about it over the years, like before Questlove reached out to you and said said he was going to do this film? Had people had it been a memory of yours that 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 was prominent? Totally. I mean, I thought about it constantly. Really? Yes, but from the day that it disappeared, uh-huh. we didn't know what to do or where to go. There was nobody left to talk to. Who was on the bill the day you played? Oh, man. Stevie Wonder. Sly? Sly. Oh, man. Because it was six Sunday afternoons, Stay, right? Staples. Right. Yeah, it was like a series. Oh my God. So yeah. can you imagine you no. show <laughs> in Harlem and you're catching Stevie Wonder at 19, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. absolutely at your peak, right? You've got pop staples and the and the staple singers at their peak. Whoa. I mean, it was like Amelia oh. Jackson, I mean, Nina really Simone, uh, it's just flying the family stone. It just as they're exploding, right? I yes. mean, at their peak, at their at their prime, really. Un- unbelievable, right? I, and I think Questlove did such a great, great job. What was it like when you experienced watching the film? Uh, how, how was it emotionally for you? Oh. Well, I cried a little. Yeah, so did I. Rejoiced a whole lot. You know, yes, and and I we watched it just here on my birthday, uh, last Wednesday. We put it on nonstop, 
two days ago was your birthday, right? Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. And uh, everybody just love it. You know, it's mm-hmm. such a received. So, so uh, can I tell my version of the story? Because yeah. this is really funny. Yeah. So yeah. It, Dylan and Lester talked about how this film was coming. But for whatever reason, in my head, I didn't internalize that it was called Summer of Soul or that it was this particular thing. So okay. the thing's on Hulu, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and somebody says, you got to watch this thing. <laughs> and I don't realize it's the same thing. So I'm completely not prepared for Lester to be in it. For your bandmate so to be. <laughs> starts up and there he is wearing this hilarious hat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Anne and I, my wife and I are watching this thing going, oh, my God, that's Lester. And. We so it's uptown to Harlem, right? The perfect yeah. thing to begin yes. the thing. With. Yes. And yes. then we watch this thing and we're just dazzled. Right. Because. I mean, so many incredible musicians, right? BB it's King. An, it's an incredible Simone, film. Simone, Moms Mabley. I mean, just mm-hmm. the, the people mm-hmm. who were on this thing were incredible, right? Uh, Fifth Dimension and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, Gladys Knight in the Pips. So mm-hmm. we get to the end. And the last song, I'm going, wait a minute, that's Lester too, right? <laughs> so yeah. the, you know, on the ending thing, you don't see them, but the the music is, is, is the Chambers Brothers again. Mm-hmm. And I... Call them up. I go, well, 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 well. No, I, like, I'm just like, I can't even believe it. And then, of course, well, and then it gets nominated for an Oscar. And, and, you know, we're thinking this is going to be a brutal year because get back. Right. The Beatles. Yeah, thing is gonna yeah, be up too. Yeah. But then it, they treated that like a TV show. So mm-hmm. it wasn't nominated for an Oscar. So we're looking at it going, whoa. This you got a chance. It's a real <laughs> shot, right? Shot and so as we're building up to the Oscars, right? Right. And then, you know, I don't know. I never watched the Oscars, but I watched it end yeah. to end this time because, you know, I wanted to see yeah. what happened. And it was so pretty cool. exciting uh, uh, Oscars this year, too. <laughs> yeah, it was. Very exciting. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, obviously something happened that took the attention away from Quest. Uh, unfairly. Yes. Yes. Completely unfairly. Totally unfairly. And... And really, really too bad. And yes, because what a work of art. I mean, think about if you're a music fan, the last year, you know, you've had Summer Soul, Get Back, McCartney 321. And I'm sure mm-hmm. there were, I mean, there were a bunch of other things that were also really, really great. Mm-hmm. And, but those three things for me were, I mean, they hit me right where it counts. Yeah. When when Lester said it, he he you know it made him emotional watching the film and he and he cried. Uh, I had tears too, and I it, it caught me up the first time watching it. I wasn't expecting it. I think it was Mahalia Jackson when she performed, but oh. it, it was it, it's it, it's such an it's it's such a soul stir and not to you know not to use a pun or whatever, but it's such a soul stirring film. It's it 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 really shows you the power of music and, and what music can do to to bring people together and and like and make you feel good. Yes. And you look at the people in that audience. Mm-hmm. That park was full. Yeah. From end to end. You know, mm-hmm. to any other kind of thing, they would have had a helicopter come over and yeah. do a news thing, but it wasn't because well, of how it was. It was really, we were really restricted. <clears throat> we couldn't get a sound company to come through for us, uh, no no kind of nothing. We couldn't get nothing. People had to leave, go outside to park, to convenience stores, to get drinks. Yeah. It was just, no, we couldn't get no support from the city, from the, nobody, but we did this. Sure and the equipment, on, the equipment on stage happened to have been the Chambers Brothers equipment. Oh, really? Yes. Because, like I said, Hanley Sound, you know that name, Hanley Sound? Mm-hmm. That's what got him started. He saw this and went, oh, my God. All the sound companies in the world, you would think one of them would have been really proud to yeah. come and set up their equipment for this event. But they all thought, no, it's not going to happen. But it did happen to the point to where they couldn't allow it to get to proper places at that time. 
because they wanted Woodstock. Oh, okay. You see? Yeah, yeah. They wanted Woodstock more than they wanted uh, summer, I mean, what? The Harlem Cultural. Harlem Cultural Festival. Festival, yes. It's impressive, incredible. But when you look at that park, they got so many different views of it. It's just totally full of people. Mm-hmm. It must have been. And so gentle, right? I not mean... a not a bit of problem. Yeah. The most problem, the only time it looked like there was going to be a riot is when the police were sitting in front. And they said, hey, this is not good. You guys get out of here. Get out of here. And they left. And the people became very peaceful again. You know? Mm-hmm. But they wanted to, they would have, if they had a, we hadn't asked, if they hadn't been asked to move, they would have eventually started pushing back. Instigating, yeah. Instigating. That's what they came to do, instigate. You don't need you, you know? No, just be peaceful and listen to music. Listen to this music. Every oh, it was a blessed day, a God sent day. You know, definitely. Well, I'm so glad that it it has been shared with the with the world to see, and and that the the mm-hmm. film brought it to to more people's attention, and, and yeah. brought the the Chambers Brothers to more people's attention. Yeah. I'm sure people, you know, have have definitely know the songs, but don't always know the people behind it. And, and it's right. it, it's it's cool to see you guys getting the recognition that you deserve. Welcome to the heart of Harlem, Soulsville, USA. This is Tony Lawrence. And 50,000 beautiful people here in Mount Morris Park. And we're asking you to join us in the Soul Music Festival. Now from Mississippi, ladies and gentlemen, the Chambers Brothers. got a couple more minutes i think it's really yeah. helpful for lester to tell you some of the history because my experience of the chambers brothers as a fan <clears throat> gave me one perspective but when i've talked to musicians and they talk about what the chambers brothers meant inside the scene you know what other yeah. artists thought i mean because you know, you your experience with the Beatles, your experience with Jimi Hendrix, your experience with Alice Cooper. Right. I mean, the stories that we have been hearing from outside, Bob Ezrin, who was the producer, who, yeah. you know, yeah. did yeah. Alice Cooper and a lot of, I mean, mm-hmm. incredible, they were great. He was telling us a story. Yeah. yeah. Well, Alice Cooper goes to, to L.A. with a band <laughs> and he's not called Alice Cooper yet. And they're yeah. trying to figure out what to do. And they got nowhere to go. And where do they wind up? In my basement. <laughs> These guys were going on tour and they let them have the house and Alice Cooper's band was formed in their house. That's correct. That's correct. Lester, I can only imagine the, the, the stories you have to tell. Uh, well, tell me about the Beatles. Uh-huh. Tell, me about, uh, tell me about the Beatles, please. Well, they were our welcoming group to England when we first went, our first tour to England. and But on Unfortunately, we only had a few hours together because of their work schedule and our work well, schedule. Their work schedule was they were starting a small album called Abbey Road. Okay, so so what year is this? 60... 69. So this is okay. right in that three-week yeah. window when they are go- finished the rooftop and they're about to start Abbey Road. Okay, right. all right, all right. And so what was your experience with them then? Well, it was great. They were such... Such a great group of guys. They, they were like musicians to musicians, you know. They were sure. They were they were at all with us, and we were at all with them. Well, and know? John oh. stayed in touch, right? Because you guys did oh, all yeah. TV TV we, shows we with did, John. Leonard. We did. Yeah. Uh, John and Yoko got together, and 
we became, they lived not far from me in New York. So a couple of times I would go walking in the park and there would be John at a place called Strawberry Bills. That's amazing. And, and we would see each other and say we would not come together and talk because we didn't want to cause a, a thing, you know, but we would keep going, you know. But it was a great, it was a great. It but was if you go time. on YouTube, you can find videos of the Chambers Brothers on TV with John Lennon. Yeah, we did the Mike Douglas show. Right. He asked for your autograph, right? Yes. He came to me. And I signed the book for him. Not a poster. That's... And they saw that poster. I think they got about a bunch of money. That That's so cool. How, do you remember, how did it? How did it get arranged so that you would meet the Beatles over there? When we went to Europe mm -hmm. on our first tour to Europe, okay, they were they were our welcoming group. They met, they had a club that they owned. Okay, <laughs> so we went to the club first and hung out and had some drinks and did some interviews to let England know we were there, and then we went from there to the Beatles' personal studio, recording studio, where we just sat around and, you know, what groups do when yeah. they hang out in private, you know? Sure. And, uh, then they went out and said, unfortunately, we can't hang out, but we got to go. And we went home, and from there, we were next day, we were everywhere, just traveling, traveling, traveling. But it was great to meet them in person, and hang out with him. And then John and I kept hanging out together, sort of. He would come to Steve Paul's scene a lot, which was a club in New York, where a lot of stuff happened. Yeah. Well, and we're going to go and see Paul McCartney when he comes. Paul McCartney's coming to town in, in uh, a month or so. We're going to go see him and uh, yeah. uh, check that out. That's going to be cool. great. I can but, only imagine. Yeah. But you know, it's amazing. Uh, they weren't, John was very friendly. I mean, he's just, just like you think he would be, he was. Mm -hmm. George was like, sort of reserved. Ringo just sort of sat and smiled. And, <laughs> oh, and you know, Paul was cool. They were great guys. They were all individuals. They had different personalities. But they were great, great people. And John was primarily who you stayed in touch with. Yes, yes, we stayed in touch. But you'll you'll hopefully get to see Paul in a, in a few weeks here. Yeah, Paul, we'll see him real soon. Oh, great! Well, gentlemen, this has been a real pleasure to get to talk to you guys today. I'm very thankful for your time. Um, the new Moon Alice EP. Full Moon Alice, Volume One. By the way, Volume One implies more is coming. You said you've recorded yeah. a bunch of tracks, so no, we, we, we can assume this is the first in a series or something. You should assume that roughly every three or four months we're going to put out an EP. Oh, terrific! Very exciting. And please follow us on on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. Yes. You know, MoonAlice.com is the website. We stream every show. We don't live stream everything right now sometimes we do it on a delay because we're trying to help the venues that we're playing at so you know True. we want to give them a chance to sell tickets so right. some of the shows mm. we're showing after the fact but they all eventually get out and you know that because sharing music is important right you've I mean, you've always been ahead of the game on that and i think it's really cool how yeah. how much you you make sure that you're spreading music and making it available to your fans and 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 using technology in a way that that does so to to bring it to more people i think it's very cool we're all fans too right yeah and yeah. you know and we just try to help each other out and try to help everybody else music brings joy to the world yes sir well, thank you both. Thank you. Have hey. have a have a safe uh, weekend, safe travels, safe time on tour. Yeah. And uh, thanks for safe. supporting us. Oh, and definitely. We'll, hey, peace out and God bless. You too, Lester. Take care.
brings us to the end of this episode of the Jam Based Podcast. Our many thanks to each and every one of you out there for listening. Thanks also to Roger and Lester for taking some time to talk with me. Be sure to check out the new Moon Alice EP, Full Moon Alice, Volume 1, which is out now on the network record label. Thanks to this episode's sponsors, La La Lay and Section 119. As always, thanks to Jake Alexander for helping produce this episode. We'll be back with a new interview next week. So in the meantime, stay safe out there. Go see live music. <laughs>